Welcome back into the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm joined today by Matt, the Mamba Grunge Runge Rungi. Matt, how you doing today? Doing good. Just saw a nice T-Wolves W getting back on track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was nice. So, like, um, just for you guys to know, um, I got four free tickets to go to the T-Wolves game tonight against Clippers. Obviously, you guys know it. I mean, pretty easy to get free tickets to a Timberwolves game when you got players like Carl Anthony Towns not playing, you got Kawhi Leonard not playing, Paul George not playing. Um, so, I mean, it was it was nice to go to the game. So I, I brought along my brother, Adam, who was on the previous podcast um, that you guys heard yesterday, and then uh, brought along my co-host, Matt Runge, and uh, one of our other friends as well. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't really an, an exciting game that we, that we went to, but it was definitely good to see the Wolves, you know, pull out a win. We, I, I mean, if you guys, I know we've talked about it multiple times on previous podcasts, but if you haven't checked out our previous podcast on the Timberwolves, uh, special that we did, you know, we, we went in detail about how much they were struggling, you know, this season and, you know, a lot of questions fell over you know whether they should trade cat whether they should trade d'lo is the fit with rudy gobert working i mean there was tons of questions where you know with the wolves but uh you know they're on a three-game win streak it's looking good but um that's what i kind of want to get into today is you know teams that are really struggling to figure out you know where their organization is going and whether they should restart in the draft with somebody like Victor Wimbanyama, or if they should continue to, you know, be a buyer going forward and uh, continue to chase a playoff spot. Um, Matt, I want to start off with the Toronto Raptors. You know, I think the Raptors have been a, a huge struggle coming into the season. I think there was a lot of promise, especially with players like Scotty Barnes, who had a great rookie season last year. Um, you know, What's been the biggest struggle for this Raptors team? Uh, you know, the honestly, I think that it's kind of like some of the younger guys haven't really like taken any like steps. Like Scotty Barnes, kind of, I wouldn't say he got worse, but he definitely hasn't, in my opinion, gone like taken too big of a sophomore leap this year. Um, and then I thought, like, just in general, like they kind of overachieved a little bit last year. I think. Um, like not having very much size in an Eastern conference that has players like Embiid and Giannis and um, a bunch of other like bigs that, and like the Cavs are better this year with like, and they have Jared Allen and Mobley. And um, I think just size hurts them a lot. They don't really have a stud big man. Um, and then on top of that, they've had some injuries here and there. I think Gary Trent's missed some time. Fred Van Fleet's kind of been in and out at points. Um, Really, like, their only consistent player has been Siakam for the most part, and he's actually having a pretty good year. Um, But outside of that, like, there's just not a whole ton of consistency there. And honestly, like, the East is, in my opinion, better than the West as of right now. I think there's a lot of teams that are playing a lot better than they were last year. Like, the Cavs, for one, Brooklyn's playing a lot better this year. Um, Even, like, the Pacers are playing – really good basketball. Um, 
whether I don't know if that'll stick or not, but <laughs> right. the Eastern Conference is definitely, you know, like outside of like uh, Orlando, Detroit, and Charlotte, like the Eastern Conference has twelve teams that are all capable of making the playoffs, in my opinion, and I think that's kind of hurt them. Yeah, I mean, you could put you could group Washington in that in that discussion too, because I don't think Washington's anything special, especially with you know Bradley Beal. You know, it it seems like every single year he has some sort of injury. So uh, I don't know if you can really count on Washington be a consistent team. Um, like they kind of were last year, you know, how they, you know, early on in the season, they had that, you know, great run where they were, I think they were like fourth or fifth seed in the Eastern Conference uh, early on last year. Um, and you got to credit that to Bradley Beal a lot too. But um you know, when you're missing your best player, it, it really hurts. And, you know, Washington just is, you know, Monte Morris isn't going to clean up your point guard position. As as much as Monte Morris is a great role player, he's not going to fit in the way you would want him to fit in. But uh, I think you've said it perfectly. Like, I think the East is a lot more sound this year. There's five solid teams at the top when it comes to, you know, teams like Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, you know, Philadelphia when Joel Embiid's healthy, and then uh, a new up and riser with Cleveland after picking up Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a huge addition to that squad. And uh, you look at the Western Conference, and it's kind of it's it's all like a, it's a cluster. It's a cluster, and uh, I'm not really sure who in the Western Conference is really going to take hold. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out after all-star break when that will happen, but um, it's uh, just talking about the Eastern conference real quick. I mean, just, it, it's been not great to, to say the least for Toronto. I mean, 16 and 23 um, is not a, the record that they wanted, especially from a Nick nurse team um, coach of the year, not too long ago, won a championship not too long ago, um, three game losing streak, three and seven in the last 10 games, 11 and 10 at home. I mean, this is, if you're a Toronto fan, this is not what you thought was going to happen coming into this year. And I I think when you look at this Toronto team, it's got to come down to, um, not their defensive play because Toronto's always been good at defense, not as great this year, obviously, but um, they're missing a center, you know, Siakam's playing center, uh, on most nights starting at that position and it's, it's not working out for this team. So I think, um, I think, I mean, if it continues to go down this way, Matt, do you see some trades possibly being, you know, shipped out of Toronto and who would they be? Yeah. I mean, if it keeps going this way, obviously like they're not like, too far out of it they can definitely especially with the play and they can turn it around but um i could definitely see them shipping out some of like their older guys um fred van fleet could see himself on the move um maybe siakam i mean they would obviously want quite a bit in return for siakam so i think yeah. Which those would be uh the most likely candidates and then maybe even potentially uh I'm not really sure what's going on with Otto Porter, but if if he'll be healthy or not, but he could be shipped out. Um, that's kind of been a big bummer for them is that he hasn't really played much. Has he played um, at all this thought, year? 
he's only played in eight games, um, only 18 minutes per game. Yeah. So I, I haven't really like, followed like super close to Otto Porter, but I know just like what an impact he made last year on the Warriors that they were probably hoping to get out of him. Um, that's definitely hurt them though. Um, and then in addition to that, like they really undersized too. So like, yeah. I think it, their biggest thing would be like if they're going to trade somebody. Like I think it it's probably smart for them to um, get Scotty Barnes involved more in like a. I mean, he does play make, but I think with Siakam there and Fred VanVleet, it's tough for him to really be a primary ball handler um, like more consistently. Um, and I think that would be helpful for him to just get more run as like being the guy. Cause I think that's where you really see guys take, take leaps is like, like even as a T-Wolves fans, like seeing Ant without Cat in there, like I'm not saying they can't work together, but like having that more role put on you where you need to take over certain games, I think helps like breed like all stars in my right. opinion, like, um, not that it can't happen the other way too, but I think sometimes like you need to be forced into the fire just to show, you know, like develop your skills. Like I think Scotty, like that's why it kind of looks like he stayed the same as last year is like, he really has the same role as last year, which like he should have a bigger role this year, um, which is tough with their current core. Um, but yeah, I mean that, it, like you said, like if they train Siakam though, they definitely like rightfully need to get something good in return for him. Um, otherwise, it's not worth trading him. Then Fleet, on the other hand, I mean, he'll get something, but not near as much as Siakam would pull in. But he'd be easier to trade though than Siakam because oh yeah, Siakam, oh, yeah. you're trying to get somebody you know close to. I mean, Siakam's an all star, so you're trying to get somebody who's close to either either a young and upcoming star in the league, or you're trying to get, you know, a good solid player plus, you know, multiple first round draft picks, because I mean, I'm not taking anything less for somebody like Siakam. So in that case, like, do you think, you know, trading somebody like Fred Van Vliet would be easier to possibly, you know, find a deal for than someone like Siakam? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, he he's only twenty. He's the same age as Siakam, but um, I just don't think he'll last as long as Siakam. Just from the standpoint of, he's not like the biggest guy in the world. He's says he's six one, but he seems shorter than that. No, um, and I just feel like, like he's like five eleven. Yeah, I I feel like he a lot of his game is going to take a hit. Like the older he gets, just it's just kind of like that with small guards, like. Not many guards are like Chris Paul where they're into their later 30s playing at a high level still. Yeah. And even even CP3 hasn't looked as great this year. But I think uh, – I'm not sure what Fred Van Fleet's contract – if his contract's up, I could, I mean, 100% see him being traded if um, things don't start turning around, which is honestly a little bit – I could see why Raptors fans, like, wouldn't want to trade him too just because he was an all-star just last just this last year so like i could see uh why that would be frustrating but i don't know i think uh they need to figure out something though they need to start 
getting better or maybe trade for a big, like a true big, like a Jacopoto. If, uh, didn't mm. they, he originally was yeah. on the Raptors, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. that's where, that's where he was drafted from. And then they traded him to San Antonio. So it'd be, it'd be a weird reunion to have, I, I guess it wouldn't be that weird, but, um, you know, I don't think Jakob would really like it as much because like he flourished so much when he wasn't playing for Toronto. So, um, but I mean, we're not throwing any shade towards Fred Van Vliet. Like he's a great player and he has been since he played in college. So, um, I didn't mean to dig at him just for his height, but, um, I just think that he's like the easiest, maybe not easiest, but like more manageable player to be able to trade off of on this team to be able to get, you know, assets back for this Toronto team. Um, and they, they could just wait it out too until the off season and, and get a good pick. Cause right now, as it stands right now, they're 25th overall out of the 30 teams. So they would still have a good shot at having a top three pick possibly, but um, you know, <laughs> I think you gotta you gotta let somebody like Scotty Barnes just flourish because it's been a huge disappointment trying to watch this Toronto Raptors team this year versus last year where you saw what Scotty Barnes can offer you and this year it's not that he's taken a step back but he hasn't taken that step forward like you talked about Matt so um, you know and maybe somebody like Gary Trent who's getting a little bit older too maybe you know a sharpshooter um decent defender as well that a lot of teams can use uh could be a possible trade target for a lot of these teams as well but uh, i think somebody like og Ananobi is not really if, if i'm toronto that is him and scotty barnes are kind of the untouchables on this team which is tough to say because you got players like fred van vliet and pascal siakam who are probably the co-captains on this team so it's tough to say that, but I, I just think with the age of OG, which I think he's around 26, 27, uh, still got a lot of his prime uh, left. And then Scotty Barnes, who you drafted just a year ago. Uh, I think those those two, just from, a, you know, just how Toronto likes to play, um, they, they remind me of the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, grit and grind. Um, I think that's, that's how they want to play. That's how they, they, they want to play against teams, you know, play, you know, I mean, 11th overall in the league in, uh, opponent points per game looks great on paper. It does. But when you're 26 in the league in points per game, uh, it doesn't mean too much when it comes to your net rating. So, um, and it's really showed up, um, early on in the season. Can they correct it? Matt, I think you talked about this earlier. I, I think they, they have a good opportunity to correct it if healthy, but um, there's a lot of teams in this Eastern Conference that are that are, you know, taking advantage of of this sluggish start by Toronto. Yeah, definitely. And that you know, at a certain point too, like as an organization, you kinda have to look at like where you are in the standings too. Like are you really like if you finish as like the tenth or ninth seed, would that be better than um, finishing as like the thirteenth or fourteenth seed and getting a better draft pick? Because 
I just don't think like if they are like the seventh or eighth seed, I don't think they're gonna win four road series to win the NBA finals. So like No. Um and they're a team and they're not it's not like they're like the Kings where they're a team that's starving for the playoffs where like you can understand wanting to just make the playoffs. Um Right. Sixteen seasons without making the playoffs, NBA records. So yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Like I understand that more. So like if you're in a position where like you can get good, valuable young assets and then get a top three pick this year, like man, that, this team could be really good in the future. Um, and they've always done a great you know, job like, drafting too. Yeah, that, that, and even that's even with late picks too. Like, so I'm sure they could probably, and that, they drafted good with Scotty Barnes too. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they got Scotty Barnes too. Like this team definitely overachieved last year. Like they were the fourth pick the year before. Um, so I think they have time to turn it around. But I also wouldn't be opposed to them just shipping out some of the older guys. I would definitely keep OG though. Like I was surprised that he's only 25. Um, right. Like that's still a pretty young player. Nice building block, and Gary Trent's only 23, so I'd probably try to keep him, too. Yeah, I guess I was um, being a little bit ageist right there by calling OG 26 or 27. That's that's my bad, OG. I'm sorry, man. Just because he's an OG doesn't mean he's not young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I got to do my research better. That's that's on me. <laughs> So uh, who who would you say it would be another struggling team in the the Eastern Conference that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, another team I think is if if we want to stay in the Eastern Conference, I think we have to go Atlanta. I mean, you could do Chicago as well, but I mean, after seeing last year with how terrible, I mean, Chicago played really well. Early on in the season, you know, DeRozan was making a case for MVP candidate last year, early in the season, um, leading that team. But uh, this year has been a little bit different. You know, Nikola Vucevic is not – it might be one of the worst trades um, in this current generation where, you know, a team like Orlando Magic actually won a trade, which is surprising because – I can't remember the last time Orlando actually won a trade. So um, props to them for, you know, getting players uh, back for Vucevic and also having, I think they have two more first round picks from Chicago plus their own. So um, it's only helping them out even more. So uh, I I don't really want to mention Chicago just because I, I do trust in, um, DeMar DeRozan, I like Zach Levine. Uh, the big loss has been Lonzo Ball not playing, and we might not see him this entire season, which is tough. Um, but at- Atlanta's been the big, sh- you know, the second biggest shock in the Eastern Conference for me, you know, at 18 and 21. Uh, I just thought, uh, I think we all thought kind of, you know, adding DeJounte Murray to a team that already had Trey Young, uh, Clint Capella, John Collins, Bogdanovich, um, DeAndre Hunter, players like that. You know, um, if you put them, I mean, 
guys, just go on NBA 2K. Look at their overall, overall, um, you know, their overall is better than most of these teams in the bottom 10. So it, it is shocking to see them down that low. Uh, I don't know if it's the mixture between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray having to share the ball. Uh, at certain games, they look really good. They look really explosive. Um, and sometimes, you know, their defense struggles a lot. I mean, granted, you have to factor in Clint Capella is missing. He's injured. Uh, that's a big factor into their defensive rebounding, their offensive rebounding, and also their interior de- defense as well. But, um, you know, you would think that a person like John Collins would be able to step up in the absence of uh, a Clint Capella. Uh, they also have a, a young player, Onyeka Okongwu, who is a solid center that you would think would plug into that and be able to carry, you know, the load that Clint Capella does on the defensive rebounding side of the ball. Um, Matt, what what do you think has been the biggest issue for this Atlanta squad? Uh, you know, probably on just on the defensive end, I feel like they just really haven't been that great defensively, which is kind of funny considering DeJounte Murray is, uh, like was part of the reason that they got him was to help on defense alongside Trey Young. Was he um, an all-defensive player a couple years ago? Just last year, I'm pretty sure Just last year, yeah. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um. I can't remember what team he made, but I'm almost positive he was an all-defense player last year. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely expected them to be better on defense. Um, yeah, last year he, he was the steel champ last year. Right. He averaged, like, what, 2.3 steals a game? Something like that. Yeah, and I guess he wasn't all-defense last year. He wasn't 27-18, but... Still, regardless, he he's a good guard defender. Um, so I was expecting a little bit. It's not that he's been bad this year. I think he's been pretty good, but their role players have just been awful this year. I think getting rid of Herder was not the smartest move. He's been doing pretty well for the Kings. Um, uh, Capella out obviously doesn't help. That they're pretty undersized because. Okungwu is only six foot eight, and Capella's six ten, and just better shot blocker. Um, so that's definitely hurt them. They're definitely getting beat up down low. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich has not looked the same really. Um, right. Coming off an injury, so I mean, yeah, coming off the injury, he started a little slow too. But and then you know John Collins is a decent player but you know i i don't think a trio of collins uh trey young and murray is really like that solid when you look at all the other teams in the eastern conference like i could find trios better on at least seven to eight teams um so i think that's definitely a a factor in it is that their top players aren't like they don't compete with brooklyn's top three they don't compete with boston's top three Milwaukee's, Cleveland's, Phillies, like right. My even Miami, like um, and so Miami's not even just, having the best season either, which is yeah, yeah, they're not. It's more just like 
I think top end talent, I would probably take Adebayo, Butler, and Tyler Hero over Atlanta's three, just because like the defensive ability, and then they're also good on the offense too. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason is just like really being undersized. Like when your center six foot eight, um, that's that's tough. Like that's tough to win games with when there's so many seven footers in the league, and because Capella has been out for a, or has been out and also battling like a calf injury even when he plays for a pretty large majority of the season. So that definitely hurts them. Um, I think if if they were to get back on track, which they definitely could get back on track, it's still early in the year, but they would. Ha- I think they'd have to either get Capella healthy or um, maybe look in the market for a, a center. I know how we threw it out with the last team, but Jacopolo could be an option for them too. Yeah, um, Miles Turner. We're, we're probably gonna. Yeah, we'll probably do that a lot. Um, but it's the same guys pretty much. Um, they actually they just got spanked by the Lakers again tonight. Um, too bad the Lakers can't play them every game. Yeah, what was a it? Like one thirty to one fifteen. <laughs> yeah. But LeBron's had like big games against them every time they play them. Yeah, Kendrick he had his big had birthday bash against them. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn had twenty three points against them tonight, so that's never well, a good sign when somebody like Kendrick Nunn is going off against you. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, it just like shocking how bad their role players have been. Like just looking at it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, I don't know. They they really don't. They don't have much depth at all either. Just looking at AJ Griffin's been pretty nice for them, though. I will I will say that that was a nice pick. Yeah, he's better than uh, that Washington Wizards guy that I always forget about, Johnny. Johnny, um, what's his name? Oh yeah, from Wisconsin. Yeah. No, I can't think of his name. It's Johnny something. Um. He's terrible, well, he's, he, though. He's been forgettable because he hasn't played a single – he's played like eight games so far for the Wizards. And the fact that when oh, yeah, John, Bradley Beal doesn't even play, that he can't even get minutes. What's his name? Right. Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis, is it? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's sad. That's Because Johnny Davis got picked before A.J. Griffin, didn't he? Yeah, like, uh, like three like or four, four picks before. Yeah, four picks, I think, because – AJ Griffin yeah. was the thirteenth pick and uh or yeah, fourteenth pick or thirteenth or something like that. Either three or four, but it's still sad that um I think I think the biggest thing for Atlanta is like uh for Trey Young, uh it, it kinda matches up with not not exactly how James Harden plays, but um it reminds me of James Harden of you know with Embiid where, uh, you know, James Harden can easily score a bucket, step back for a three, but he also looks for those lob lob tosses. And I think Clint Capella is a huge factor into getting, you know, Trey Young, those assists, you know, you know, definitely bringing up those stat- statistics for Trey Young, which makes us, you know, I, I put him in our, you know, fan vote for uh, the All-Star game. Trey Young as a starter for the Eastern Conference, which we will go over again with Matt 
uh, we'll re- we'll do another one uh, tonight as well. But uh, it's just frustrating because this team has so many pieces on it's like if you put their starting lineup together against most teams, like they're they're definitely a top ten team starting lineup wise. But when you have a person like Clint Capella out, when you you know are struggling to find role players off the bench to kind of plug in, uh, to fill in when, you know, you don't have, you know, Trey young or DeJounte Murray out there, which, you know, makes it, makes me kind of question like, do, do you always have to have one of Trey young or DeJounte Murray on the court just to make sure that your offense runs fluently. And then even when those two are out there, like, you still need John Collins to play well. You still need to, um, somebody like um, Hunter to play well. And, you know, coming, this might be a bad um, reference, but um, I think coming into the league, like Hunter was kind of projected as this, you know, two-way player, solid defender, um, can score the ball as well. And, it reminds me of kind of like the team we talked about earlier in the Toronto Raptors and Scotty Barnes. And I hope Scotty Barnes doesn't follow this same route where DeJounte Murray had a great college career and then comes into the league and can't find the same success. So I guess. Yeah. You mean DeAndre Hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. What'd I say? You said DeJounte Murray. It's not, yeah, I thought I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, I mean, I'm, it's, I, I wish that he had a different, I wish he was on a different team because I think if he was on a different team, I think he would have way more success in a different, you know, a lineup where he can actually flourish and score. And also, because like when you're, when you're on a team and you're, when your task is just to defend, it's tough to find that mental ability to be able to just be like, I'm going to be, I'm just going to defend every single play to the max that I could possibly do. I mean, we've seen it with Ben Simmons. Like there's, there's times where he's fantastic on defense, but then he'll take plays off. I think when it comes to the NBA side of the ball, like you have to be able to provide on the offensive end to get your confidence up. And then you can really showcase your defensive side of the ball. I mean, we saw it with Kawhi Leonard not too long ago, and I'm sure we're going to see it again with Kawhi Leonard. But uh, I think with these really good defensive players, like you have to be able to give them shots at certain points of the game to get their confidence up. And then also rely on them in clutch situations when players are getting double teamed, and um, especially when it comes to Trey Trey Young and um, maybe not so much Dejounte Murray, but definitely Trey Young. When you know in clutch situations, we saw it with you know the New York Knicks, where um, you know these last like two years where Trey Young has just absolutely dominated New York, and you look at this year it hasn't been really the case. You know, New York has kind of had, uh, you know, Trey Young's number, so to speak. Um, so um, I'm just I'm just wondering what, what can this team do? 
I, I don't think this team is going to blow things up, but like, is, is a John Collins trade possibly in the works or is it something, something they need to do like with the coaching staff or something along those lines? Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of everything with them, honestly, because I, I think the coaching has been kind of awful at times. Like the fact that like sometimes they underutilize their rookies, like Jalen Johnson barely got any playing time last year. And he looks like he got barely any playing time last year when he plays this year. Um, so that definitely hurts. Then at the same time, like uh, they lost tons of role players, like, uh, like they got uh, Dejounte Murray, but they also lost Kevin Herter, Gallinari, um, Borgie Jang, who's a, he didn't play a ton, but he's also like a big person to play. That's not six eight when they needed extra height. Um, he's a veteran too. Yeah, and then also uh, I thought uh, Delon Wright was a pretty big loss too. I thought yes, he's not. He's not as good as DeJounte Murray, like, overall, but I thought he was, like, pretty good defender and gave them, like, some sparks off the bench last year. Which, which they need nice. right now. Yeah, they definitely do. And then, like, even, like, the veteran leadership from, like, Lou Williams was helpful last year, too. Um, but, they, you know, they're just really, like, the depth really isn't there. Like, outside of... Uh, like their top six or seven guys, like I mean, the roster looks pretty terrible, honestly. Like, <laughs> the, like when when uh, when Jarrett Culver's averaging thirteen minutes, um, that is not good. You mean Jarrett Culver? You know, Timberwolves bust. Jarrett Culver. Yeah. You're talking about that, Jarrett. Yeah. Oh wow. Talking about top six pick Jarrett Culver. Mm. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's tough to see him. I hate being a hater, but it, it's tough to see him on a roster getting any minutes just with how struggling his shot has looked over his whole entire NBA career versus his, you know, Texas Tech career in college. So, um, Matt, is there is there a team in the Western Conference, though, that um, – you know, just is not meeting ex- expectations and just a team that you think is struggling. Yeah, it's a, one team that's really been struggling lately, which is somewhat surprising, but also not, is the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah. Why it's surprising is just because, like, the expectations heading into the year, but at the same time with D-Book's been hurt, so I think it kind of – I mean, you can kind of tell why they're struggling when you're missing uh, a top 15 player in the league. Um, I think that definitely <laughs> is going to impact any team, especially when you don't have any depth and Jay Crowder's in his feelings and uh, <laughs> can't campaign campaign's been hurt. Um, champagne? Yeah. <laughs> no, campaign. Don't they have somebody named Champagne too? Uh, no, no, no. There's no word pun right there. But um, but yeah, and then uh, also like they lost some depth on the bench too with uh, or not on the bench. Um, just in general with like Cam Johnson going out for the year. Like I thought that was a big loss. Frank um, Frank Kaminsky, 
Huge loss. Yeah, Frank Kaminsky, McGee, um, Maniac McGee is out or is on Dallas now. But he gave them some good minutes at times last year. Um, but really, it's just like they are definitely not a deep team. And then also got you got DeAndre Ayton, who just thinks he's a just a funny guy all the time. Um, doesn't take anything serious. Knows knows he uh wanted wanted to go to Indiana and then got screwed around with. So now he thinks he's Mister Funny Guy, um, jacking around before the games and then putting up four points and two rebounds against the Knicks. Um, but I, I honestly, mean, he's no kid, Joker. He's no he's no Jokic. The, the lack of consistency out of DeAndre Ayton is just baffling to me. Like, he is such a talented player. I, I just don't understand it. Like, he should be one of the best centers in the league. Like, not that he isn't, like, at times. Like, he definitely looks good at times. But, like, night in and night out, he should be one of the best centers. He's way too talented for some of the shit he does. Um, like, at, like with Booker out here, like, the offense should be going through eight. Like, um, and then also, you know, who's been really disappointing this year has been Mikhail Bridges. Like, it's not that like yeah. he's not a good player. And I, I, I wouldn't love – I would obviously love to have him on, like, any team just because, like, his defense ability. But, like, you got to be able to do more than that, like, on offense. Like, without Devin Booker and, like, other scores, like, he's got to, like – I don't know. I feel like he should be doing more on offense. Um, it seems like he hasn't really, like, progressed that much, like, in terms of offensive ability. He's, like, pretty much been used to just being, like, a – like spot up shooter and stuff like that um, within the offense. And I don't know. I just feel like the Suns could be heading down a bad path unless Booker comes back pretty soon. I'm not sure how long, much longer he's going to be out, but they, they desperately need him back. No, I mean, they're definitely on a bad path. I mean, 20 and 20 is not the record that you would think a Phoenix Suns team would be at right now five game losing streak tied with the Clippers who I will talk about in just a little bit of my second, you know, Western conference team that's disappointing, but man, I just got a question for you right now. Um, out of the last 10 games, uh, who do you think is the worst overall record last 10 games? If you had to guess. Probably the Rockets. Yeah. Houston Rockets one and nine. Who do you think second? Really? Right behind the Houston Rockets at one nine last ten games. <clears throat> Maybe uh I don't know, the Timberwolves have won three in a row, so it can't be them. Uh I don't know, the the Pistons. <laughs> Not even the Pistons. Not even Not the Pistons. the Pistons. No. Pistons are three and seven last ten games. The team right behind the Houston Rockets, only winning two games out of the last 10 games, the Phoenix Suns. Wow. That's how bad this Phoenix Suns has, team has been. When Devin Booker is not playing, when players like Mikel Bridges are not stepping up, when players like Chris Paul aren't playing quite to their standard, maybe dealing with some injuries as well. And you got players like DeAndre Ayton, who 
you know, are happy that they got their max contract and aren't playing up to their potential. I I think this Phoenix Suns team is, I mean, they're sitting ninth in the Western Conference. There's no way, no way this team should be ninth in the Western Conference. Um, I think going into the season, we thought, you know, Suns would be a top four team in this Western Conference. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre to think that this team would be so down in the dumps. I mean, granted, you look at their home record, 14 and six, not that bad, but it's the road games that are really killing them. You know, six and 14 on the road, that just shows either, you know, I'd hate to say that they're inexperienced in situations because they've been to the finals but when you have two of your stars out for a good period of time and chris paul and devin booker it shows me that some of these younger players aren't stepping up on road games you know six and 14 is not a championship level team in any caliber of the sense so i don't know if this is a, a situation where you have to blow it up because I think they have a solid team. Granted, you have a player like you mentioned earlier, Jay Crowder, who is choosing to sit out because either his contract situation, which I've heard that's been a big reason why, or it's internally in this organization. We, I mean, we know that they just hired a new, um, new owner, I shouldn't say they hired him. He bought the team. Um, So that, I mean, it's a good sign for this organization, but uh, it just shows that this organization isn't really heading in the direction that they have been the last two to three years, ever since the bubble. So, um, you know, first step, I think in my eyes, you got to trade Jay Crowder because he's shown that he's not going to come back. Uh, take what you can get for him. Take the best offer. Um, going from that, though, you really need Devin Booker to come back strong because uh, before his injury, they were a top three team in the Western Conference. So I do have confidence that they can get back up to, you know, maybe not top three, but um, definitely a top six team in this Western Conference. And then on top of that, you got to fill things around Devin Booker because. He's your superstar. You got to, you know, obviously you gave him the max. So like you got to, you got to fill in pieces around him. You got to bring in some shooters. You got to bring in some ball handlers. Um, You got to make sure that DeAndre Ayton can be that starting center that you hope he would be when you paid him a max after Matt just mentioned that uh, he was laughing on the bench thinking that he was going to Indiana, but um. It's been it's been troubling. It's been troubling. I just I, I feel bad for Adam, one of our co-hosts, because like going to the season, like you didn't think that Phoenix was going to be, you know, a bottom five team in the in the Western Conference, especially with how the Western Conference is shaping out right now. Because everything, I mean, we mentioned on the last podcast, like ten teams are within seven games of first place in the Western conference. Like you would think that this team would be, you know, just fine, but it feels like things are really falling apart. Yeah, it definitely does. And uh, 
I just looking at like the roster as a whole too is like, I mean, Devin Booker has already missed ten games at this point. Cam Johnson only played eight games. Um, campaigns missed twelve games. Uh, they just need to get guys healthy too. Like that's that's one of the biggest things is like when you don't have consistent play. Like Chris Paul's only played uh, or has missed fifteen games. Like that's a big part of like the season. Like that their best players have missed. And I think. You know, getting healthy. I, I was looking up Cam Johnson's injury. It sounds like he will be back at some point, which would be huge for them. Um, and then also Devin Booker, it said, was going to be out for four weeks at the end of December. So that's tough. probably, yeah, so probably at the start of um, February, hopefully. I mean, you never know with like sh- strains and stuff. Like, um, I just know from even like having Beal on my fantasy team is like he's had been dealing with a strained hamstring like the whole year and like it just lingers. Right. Um. So hopefully come, hopefully that's why they're giving him a lot of time so that he just gets healthy so that he's back for good when he gets back. Um. But yeah, I think part of theirs is just getting healthy, but also like, yeah, guys need to step up like. Like they're in just like the consistency of Aiden. Like, there's games where he's just unreal, and then there's games like the Knicks game where, or the Pelicans game where he scores four points and has three rebounds. Um, yeah, that should then, like, never, that should never happen out of a player like that ever. Like, yeah. I mean, this team's, I, I think I mentioned they're 10th in the West, they're ninth in the Western Conference. Like, they're not out of it. Maybe I'm being too harsh on them to start off. Um, but like even looking at like some of their statistics, like 16th and points per game, like middle of the pack, that's not terrible. 18th and rebounds per game. That's not terrible. Seventh and assist point per game. I mean, that's great. And that's part of, you know, Chris Paul's ability to be able to do that. And then seventh in opponents points per game, which is great because this team showed last year, and the year before that they are a great defensive team. So, I mean, maybe, maybe we are blowing this a little bit out of proportion um, because this Suns team can turn on at any time and, and they're not that far behind in the Western conference to be able to come back. So I'm not that surprised, but another team in the Western conference that has been kind of underwhelming a team that I thought that would be, a Western conference champion and a finals champion this season is the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, a healthy Kawhi Leonard, a healthy Paul George, the addition of John wall, all the pieces that they have with Rocco Marcus Morris with Reggie Jackson, Ivaka Zubats. Um, all the pieces that they have on this Clippers team to be 21 and 20 seventh in the Western conference um, tied with Phoenix suns with the worst losing record uh, with, with games, you know, five losing games straight uh, 11 and eight at home, 10 and 12 on the road. You know, I, I didn't expect this from this Clippers team. 
I thought that they would have a definitely a better record than what shows. And maybe it will, you know, sure. You know, maybe Kawhi plays a little bit more in the second half of the season. I don't know. Maybe Paul George steps up a little bit more, but um, it hasn't looked that great. And we saw it firsthand tonight against the Wolves game where, you know, you had Paul George and Kawhi sitting and they lose by 20 plus points. You know, it, it's, I, I just don't know what to expect from this Clippers team. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, uh, like Ty, Ty Lou even touched on this too. Um, just like how this year is like the first year he's ever had to use like a cue card during games, like when having to manage like people's minutes, like Kawhi can only play a certain amount of time. John Wall can only play a certain amount of time. Like that that's tough as a coach for rotations and stuff to like not know who's in the lineup every night too. And like when they are in the lineup, they only have certain minutes that they can play too. Um, so that's really tough. Um, I think that's part of like why they've struggled at times. They're they're obviously like still twenty one and twenty, so they're not in the worst shape. But I think their thing is more just like, you know, like let's get to the playoffs and then it's go time pretty much. Like um they just need to get there and then I think obviously Kawhi's not gonna sit out playoff games and obviously Paul George won't they just want to be healthy because that's really been their problem is that they get to the playoffs and they're not healthy. So um, really the regular season only matters to the extent that they make it to the playoffs. Um, kind of similar to a certain extent to like the Warriors last year. Like I don't think a lot of people were expecting the Warriors to be champions last year and then they make it to the playoffs and they go, look how good we are. <laughs> like we're, we're a solid team. It doesn't really matter what we did during the regular season. We're a playoff contender. We're competing for a championship. This is actually, in my opinion, like one of those years where like, I feel like the West is just there for the taking. Like if whatever team's uh, hot, like during the playoffs, like I could see taking it. Like you could make a case for uh, Memphis. You could make a case for, um, the Suns, if they get healthy, you can make a case for Dallas with Luca. Um, just really depends on like who comes to play. Um, I think you know, like a, a dark horse could be even the Pelicans if uh Brandon Ingram gets back and healthy. That team's looking solid, same with Zion, but yeah, they've looked really the West, strong. The West is pretty wide open. I think that the Clippers will figure it out though. I think. Staying healthy is really their biggest key. They could maybe use like a big, um, that would probably be one of their more glaring f- uh, flaws, if I had to say one. Rudy Gobert um, <laughs> looked like Shaq tonight against them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I don't, I don't think their defense is something to worry about. I mean, they're fourth in opponent points per game, which is, you know, 110 points per game. And this days day day of age of scoring the basketball i mean is not that bad but um when you're scoring 109 points per game that's a net negative so um i i think they need more shooters to go around players like paul george and Kawhi. and the biggest thing is like we need them to play 
I mean, if you if you don't have those players playing, you can't space the ball where you can have players like Luke Kennard taking wide open threes. You don't have players like Reggie Jackson spotting up for threes. Nick Batum, who's been dealing with some injury lately. Rocco, who doesn't really – he's been pretty much disregarded from this lineup, which is kind of shocking because he's been such a good player in previous years, both on the offensive end from – you know, a three-point and defensive mindset. Um, and then, you, you know, Marcus Morris. You know, I, I think Marcus Morris was maybe the bright spot in this Timberwolves game that we just watched earlier today. I think him, you know, getting to his spots in the mid-range, uh, being able to, you know, especially when Wolves went on, you know, 10 to 12 to 2 runs, uh, he was definitely the guy that they looked to to kind of bring on some of that scoring to kind of end that drought. Um, and then you saw it after timeouts as well. They would run plays for Marcus Morris off screens uh, with Zubots or later in the game when they brought Moses Brown in as well, which um, bringing, bringing Moses Brown back from his Cleveland days where he was pretty much an all-star, right? Um, <laughs> but... It is it is crazy to see this team just not have. I think if this team was healthy, we would see a totally different outcome of how this team has you know started the season, and um, I think going forward, past the All Star break, there might be a little bit more urgency, especially with Kawhi and Paul George. I just don't know how serious their injuries are, if they need these games off or if it's something where they're trying to kind of play the long game, like you said, and, and wait for the playoffs and kind of make their, their voice heard then. Yeah. And I think something that like, I really want to see too, is that like Kawhi just really hasn't like, I I think he, you know, he's kind of easing back into it, but at the same time, he just hasn't looked like that great. Like he's only averaging, 16 points a game, um, which the last time he did that, he was 23 years old. Um, he's shooting 26% from three, which is terrible for what he usually shoots. Um, shooting bad from the free throw line. He just hasn't quite looked the same, but I, you know, I understand it with like getting the rust off, not playing back to backs, like takes time. Um, so I'd be more worried like, after all-star break if he looks still the way he does um then i'd probably start to be a little bit concerned that it's not just uh playing the long game thing that it's uh oh shit (laughs) we might be in trouble thing (laughs) right right um but yeah i mean and like you mentioned Kawhi from the free throw line struggling which is surprising because i'd say like him and DeMar DeRozan are two of the best mid-range jump shooters in this league right now. I mean, you could throw Kevin Durant in there as well, of course, but I think those three are the three best mid-range jump shooters in this league. And it is shocking to see him have such a low points per game and be that low at the field goal or at the free throw line as well. So I, I think there's a lot of things that the Clippers need to clean up. And like I said, they're, I mean, they're, they're six games out of first place right now in the Western conference. This is not the end all be all 
just like we said with Phoenix. Uh, it's a little bit different when it comes to the Eastern Conference, when it comes to Atlanta, who's eight and a half games back, and Toronto, who's 11 games back from first place. So uh, the Western Conference is definitely up in the air. And, um, you know, the Clippers and Phoenix can both, both uh, you know, correct those mistakes early on in the season uh, with players like Devin Booker and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that can uh, that have proved that they're all stars and all NBA team, you know, first team, second team players. So uh, that's something to look forward to for not just us, but for all fans that are are you know looking looking to see what you know is going to mix mix out in this NBA season. But uh, moving on to our last part, uh, I did this section with Adam a little bit uh, in our last episode, but uh, we're going to go through our 10 all-star fan vote picks. Uh, Matt, um, you want to start us off? Yeah. Let's let's go Eastern Conference first. Eastern Conference first? Yeah. Pull it up. So in the Eastern Conference, going to the front court, I would for sure have to put um, Giannis in there, of course. Um, what is it? It's uh, three front court starters and two guards. Yep, and two guards. Because uh, you just vote on the starters, right? Yeah, just the starters. We might do another podcast where we do. Um, a full lineup of, I think, what is it? It's, is it just 10 players on both teams? I think it might be 12. 12? That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I'd go Giannis in the front court, Embiid in the front court, and Tatum in the front court, um, which is tough because Katie would be out of it then. Um, but he'd obviously be a reserved role. Um, yeah, it sucks putting KD out of it because I like KD. <laughs> I, I did that on but, the last podcast. I was like, dude, there's no way I can put him above Giannis, Embiid, and Jason Tatum. It's like I can, I totally would understand if somebody put him over, over Tatum, but like it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, KD, I feel like you'd expect that he'd start too. Right. Um, well, wasn't he? He was a captain even last year, I think. Yeah, Katie was. Um, and then guards, I think. I mean, you could even put Katie at a guard, honestly, or, or Tatum at a guard. Um, but I'd probably go just in honor of his 71 point game, I'll give Donovan Mitchell one of the starting guards. He deserves then it. Then the. Yeah, and then the the other starting guard, I'd probably have to go with uh, the boy that's just been killing it, Kyrie Irving. That's my other guard. Just been absolutely destroying it out there. Um, big part of why they've gone on such a big run after he got back from his little uh, little <laughs> vacation that he had to take. <laughs> a little vacay. Might have had a might have had a birthday that he was celebrating or something. Possibly. 
Did he take a day off for that last year? It was just his birthday, so he took the day off. I mean, that's still under. I mean, we don't we don't know the full story behind it. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to just throw him under the bus right there. <laughs> then going now over to the. Or do you want to say your eastern before I say my western, or should I say western? Yeah, I'll go over my eastern real quick. Um, yeah. Just like you, uh, guards. I think I'm gonna go with Donovan Mitchell. Just absolutely lit it up with that 71 point game. Uh, granted, we are doing these picks right now, so like there's still some time, you know, a good month before All Star Week can happen. So, but I mean, Mitchell's averaging 29 points, almost five assists, four rebounds. Um, so I think I, I think I gotta go with Donovan Mitchell, and then. For the second guard, uh, just to switch it up from Trey Young, who I picked earlier, just because, I mean, Atlanta's not having the best of seasons so far. I think I'm going to go with a dark horse and go with Tyrese Halliburton. I just, I love what I've seen out of Halliburton. Just from a scoring perspective, 20 points a game, and then also facilitating. 10 assists a game and four rebounds a game. He just uh, carried this Pacers team, showed leadership as well. And, uh, you know, they have a way better record than Atlanta does at 21 and 18. So um, those are going to be my guards for the Eastern Conference. Forwards, it's it's tough. You know, I'd love to put KD in, but, um, you know, Giannis has earned his spot as one of the best players in the league. Joel Embiid, a lot of people have said that he gets he got stumped last year from the MVP candidacy, but um, I think I got to put Joel in there as well. And then Jason Tatum, you know, just because the Celtics are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, I think you got to put Jason Tatum in there. And then, I mean, like you said, Matt, it's tough to leave KD out of the conversation because he's definitely a top five MVP candidate. Oh yeah. He, he definitely is. It just feels weird leaving KD out too. Cause he's been at the mountaintop for so long. Right. So those are going to be my five picks in Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. Who do you got for the Western Conference? Well, going over to the Western Conference, uh, the front court, obviously you got to have the two-time reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, trying to go for that triple crown three-peat this year. Right. Okay. We Putting both, together a good season. We both agree Jokic is going to be in our, in our you know, forwards candidacy in the Western Conference. We can mark that one off because that's a given. Oh, yeah. And then uh going to have to go to Zion, even though he just got hurt. So that might bump him down a little bit. Um, but until he got hurt, he got he was absolutely going off. I mean, he had a career high against the T-Wolves. So that was nice of him to do to us. Did you listen to um, our last podcast with Adam where I picked Zion as well? No, I did not yet. I don't know if you even posted it yet. Um, I did. It, it's, I mean, great, great pick though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you definitely can't go wrong with Zion. Um, 
the Zion King. <laughs> but um, my third one, it probably would have been Anthony Davis, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be out, and he's just missed a lot of time. So I think uh, I'm probably going to give it to my boy DeMontis Sabonis uh, of the Sacramento Kings. I feel like he's had a great year this year. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people hated on that trade, um, giving up a young stub like Halliburton. But I think uh, Sabonis has been pretty freaking good this year. Um, has uh, the Kings at the fifth seed right now, tied for fourth seed. Um, pretty impressive, honestly. He's Averaging a double double, uh, it's light work for him. Um, he's, he's just been looking good. I think uh, there's definitely a case that could be made for someone like Paul George or LeBron or AD, but I think Sabonis um, has put together a pretty good season, has a good record. Um, so yeah, I give him that third front court, and then going over into the guards. Um, I think pretty automatically um one of the guards for me is Luca I don't didn't even have to think twice about it I just had to look at his um ability to miss free throws and have the ball go right back to his hands (laughs) I don't know how he's so good at it but um my other guard um as much as I want to pick the ant man just because he's been balling lately feel like he's probably more of a reserve um considering the other guards there are um I'm gonna have to go with uh young Shea Shea I think even though the Thunder haven't had the best year um dude just been balling um he's really making the Clippers uh bang their head against the table wondering why not only did they give him up they gave five picks on top of that up um so I think he probably won't get it, but I think Shea could definitely deserve it. It'll probably be Ja, though, uh, if we're being realistic. Really? You don't think Stephen Curry would be that second spot, even with the time um, he's missed? Or do you think he would, I mean, I would play? Yeah, see, that's what I don't really know. Is like, I mean, personally, I would put Stephen Curry. I just figured with the injury, it's the same thing with, like, um, Davis is like Davis definitely deserves it, but um, just because time missed, I'd give it to somebody that's been a little bit more healthy. So, Ja definitely deserves it. I just uh, kind of a Memphis hater a little bit as a T Wolves fan. So, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, the Grizzlies are the corniest team in the NBA. So, they got one of the best rosters though in the NBA. You got to. <laughs> You gotta agree with that. As much as you hate them, I de- like I definitely agree with it. I, and I love uh, Jaron Jackson just because he's on my fantasy team. Just a, a block machine, right? Yeah, he's helped you out quite a bit. I mean, especially since we thought Jaron Jackson was gonna be out till you know late December, early January, and he came back way earlier than expected, and hasn't shown a lot of signs that you know he's been struggling with an injury. You know, he's been playing really well. But I mean, I, I like your picks. Yeah. What, uh, what are you picking? Any similar one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with the Jokic pick. I think you got to put him in. 
I'm going to go through my guard rotation real quick, just the two guys. Um, I don't think there's any question. I mean, Luca's Luca's a top five MVP candidate. You got to put him in at that guard position. Um, to pair up with him, just to make things interesting. I, last time I picked Steph uh, on our previous podcast, but uh, just to switch it up to give this guy a little bit more credit than a lot of people think he deserves. And a team that me and Adam talked about being a potential team that is on the rise is Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard is a strong candidate for maybe not MVP, but he's definitely in that top 10, top 20, you know, region of being a player that you do not want to play in the playoffs. We've seen this before. And it when he's healthy, He's, he's one of the top 10 players in this league, I truly believe. So, you know, as much as I want to put Ja Moran in there, as much as a player like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, like you mentioned, deserves to be in here with 31 points, almost six assists, almost five rebounds, with a player like Stephen Curry, who, you know, won his finals MVP, which so many people gave him shit about last year. It's it's really tough to and then on top of that, leaving a guy like John Morant out, leaving a guy like Devin Booker out, Darren Fox, who deserves it. A guy who I have grown to love from my own sports team in the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards, it's tough to leave him out as well. But I think Damian Lillard has deserved it. I think he's, you know, the addition of Jeremy Grant has really plugged in quite well with this Portland team. And uh, I think this Portland team can be a, a top top three, top four team in this Western Conference. Um, going through my forwards, though, I mean, there's, there, I'm not going to change much between Jokic and LeBron. LeBron's always been my guy. Got to stick with him through thick and thin. Um, Jokic, Jokic, I mean, has a real good chance of being the first Triple Crown MVP guy, for sure. Um, you can make a case for Anthony Davis, like we pointed out earlier. I just, I, I don't know when he's going to come back. If he comes back before All-Star break, Maybe there's a chance he even, you know, gets into that top three forward position. But um, just to mix it up a little bit from the last podcast as well, uh, I'm not going to go with Zion on this one. I think on this one, you have to kind of give it up to Laurie Markin. I think, you know, going into the season, everybody thought that the Utah Jazz were going to be nothing. You know, trading away Rudy Gobert trading away Donovan Mitchell, two top, you know, all-star players on your team. Every, I think everybody in their right mind, which I'm not giving anybody shit, everybody would have thought Utah Jazz would have been a bottom five seed in this Western Conference. They're not. And you got to hold it up to Lori Markkinen. You know, that was... And not yet. Not yet. That's true. But not yet. 
we're doing we're doing this voting right now. So like at this moment, Utah Jazz have been by far exceeding expectations. And Lori Markkinen has been a big reason why. You know, he's averaging 24 and a half points, you know, and almost nine rebounds. That's incredible coming from a player that, you know, Cleveland kind of wanted to ship away. And it's showing dividends for Utah that they trust this guy. Um, And he's been on multiple teams too. You know, Timberwolves drafted him, went to Chicago. Chicago didn't want him. And he's moved around. So I, I... I think I should give a little bit of credit to what Lori Markin has done. What are, what are your thoughts on those picks? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely can't disagree more with the LeBron one, but um, <laughs> wow, he has been balling lately. Though I'll give it, I'll give him give him his due. He's you don't think twenty nine points, seven assists, eight rebounds does its work? Uh yeah. I mean, I would be, definitely be better if they were. A top 10 seed right now but well i mean it's um, also nice that they have the best streak winning streak in the league right now at five games That's yeah pretty good. i mean that uh, he has been balling lately though for sure especially considering his age um but i like the marketing pick um, how old is he i think what are you like 50 <laughs> not, not quite that old I believe he. I believe he's thirty-seven, after his December thirtieth birthday. Oh, he's thirty-eight. Oh, yeah, he just turned thirty-eight. Yeah, so he'll probably be in a nursing home pretty soon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I I like the Laurie Markman pick. Um, he's definitely been balling this year. I think, you know, part of it's just opportunity i mean you're with the Cavs. you're behind garland mobley jared allen stuff for picks so now he's actually getting some nice looks and i mean he's been balling though like even like uh i was watching like uh the jazz uh uh versus sack game the other other night and uh it ended up not counting but he had just a ridiculous buzzer beater that he made with 0.4 seconds left um, I know he didn't me, get it off in time. Me and Adam were talking about that on the last podcast because we, me and him, sat down and actually watched that game, and it was oh the, yeah, it was the craziest game because like, so Deer and Fox laid up a. I mean, you guys can go back and and listen to our previous podcast, but uh, like I said on the previous podcast, you know, Deer and Fox laid up a layup, uh, great spin move, put it up and then. I could have, dude, I swear to God, there was like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 left on the clock. And it rolled down to 0. 0.4. And I was like, there's no way they get this off. Jared Vanderbilt out of bounds through like a full court pass to Lori Marketing. Marketing catches it, throws it up, absolutely swishes it. And the entire Utah Jazz fans were going absolutely insane. And I, I looked yeah. at I looked at Adam. I looked at Adam and I was like, dude, they're gonna they're gonna review this and it's not gonna count. And they <laughs> they reviewed it and the look on Laurie Marketing's face was absolutely priceless. <laughs> he went from absolute glory to just absolute just this is the worst possible outcome 
you could possibly have. And I felt so bad because like they deserve to have the win. I, I, I thought there should have been like 0.6 left on the clock. And if there was, he would have got it off. It's just a tough loss. Yeah, that was definitely tough. It, you know what? I, it surprised me actually. I've seen a couple like jazz home games this year and they actually have like a pretty darn good fan base. Like they get loud in there for some of those games. Right. Um, so that's that's actually kind of fun to watch, but um, yeah, marketing's been balling. Uh, I feel like they're they're just a team that plays like super loose too. Like you got like guys like Clarkson and Bees just throwing up threes, and you, when you play loose and free as a basketball player, I feel like you play a lot better um, at any level, really. Um, and I think that's kind of what they're doing, like. They're pretty much like a team that's playing with free money. Like they're not expected to do anything, um, so they just come out and just bomb threes and <laughs> play hard and create turnovers, and it ends up working out uh, a decent amount of the time. I think a lot of teams kind of ha- see them as like a game that they can rest some of their stars, and then it just ends up biting them. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean they're but... they're definitely like a fun team to watch, but. Um, yeah, make sure to vote on, uh, your all-stars for this year on your fan vote. Um, I mentioned this in the previous podcast before, but there's a special triple vote on special days, um, that include, uh, you probably already missed it, but on Christmas day, 25th, uh, new year's day, the first, which are already passed us, uh, Friday, uh, this past Friday. Uh, and then also next Friday, uh, they will have a triple vote as well. And then January 16th and 20th, they will also have a triple vote. So make sure you guys go out and vote for your all-stars that you want to be included uh, with your yeah, fan vote. Go ahead, man. Just uh, ch- chip in for a second here. Just uh, give the listeners a current um, update of what the like starting lineup would be currently based off fan voting. Uh, LeBron, Jokic, and AD would be the front court. Um, LeBron's got the most uh, Western Conference votes overall. Um, and then Steph and Luca have the most votes for guards. Um, then in the Eastern Conference, Katie, Giannis, and Embiid have the most votes for front court. And Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell have the most for guards. And right as of right now, the two captains would be LeBron and KD. Right which we've had that before. And I love how you put that out there, Matt, like um, gives even more incentive to fans all around the world, especially in States that, um, you know, for some players that we mentioned on this podcast that aren't getting their, their vote heard, like make sure to vote for the players in your state, the players that you love, uh, because I mean, it not only affects the player that is involved, but it involves, you know, players that, um, you know, haven't got their respect yet. So make sure you vote for your players. Um, you have until, you know, obviously I think it goes up to the deadline, which I believe is sometime in February. It's, I believe it might be after, is it after um, February fourteenth? Right, <laughs> Is it February fourteenth? 
Um, yeah, th- that sounds right to me. Somewhere around there. Um, but... All right, just a, great, a quick uh, pop trivia before we end here. Oh, yeah. Who, who is uh, <laughs> who's, uh, the most surprising guard in the Eastern Conference or in the Western Conference uh, that currently is top 10 in votes for guards? Is this a question for me or for the fans? Yeah, for yeah, for you. For me? Well, I mean, top, they could answer it too if they pause it, but top, he's 10, top in the, 10 in votes. In the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference. Western, Western Conference. Conference. Okay. He's a guard, though. He's a guard. Austin Reeves? Yeah, Austin Reeves, number nine. Yeah. You'd also probably say Russell Westbrook, because uh, he's number six, surprisingly. Wow. Um, but Austin Reeves, top top ten. Yeah, I only know uh, that. I only know that because Adam mentioned it before the Timberwolves game. But that's that's absolutely insane. Uh, Do you say the Eastern Conference one? There's no, I don't know the Eastern Conference ones. Okay, who's a surprising Eastern Conference guard? He's also number nine. Surprising. A guard. Mm. A guard. It's got to be on a good team. Ben Ben Simmons isn't a guard, is he? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's gonna be in there. Mm. It's a big market team. It's a. Marcus Smart. Nope, it's D Rose. Derek Rose. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't even know if he, he he probably played a little bit. I just. Haven't watched too many Knicks games. No, I mean Derrick Rose got benched a little bit, which is surprising yeah, from the, a Thibodeau team. <laughs> where he just loves crazy Derek that Rose. he's top ten. Yeah. Wow. So those are some surprising votes, guys. Make sure you vote. Don't let you know players like Austin Reeves. Even though I love Austin Reeves, don't let players like Derrick Rose. Even though I love Derrick Rose because he played for the Timberwolves and put up fifty-one points, his career high. Don't let them get in because there are players that have worked so hard and put up great statistical numbers that deserve to be in this all-star game. Please vote on NBA.com. Find a place where you can vote. And as get always, your votes in for Anthony Edwards. Yes. Not even top 10 right now. Please oh put him in. There. God, put him in. <laughs> At least let one Timberwolves player make it in. <laughs> That's all we ask. <laughs> and as as always, guys, make sure to like and follow the podcast if you enjoy the content. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at Shots Aside. And send us some comments at our Gmail account on if you agree or disagree with me and Matt's all-star votes for this podcast. Who knows? Maybe you guys might make it on the next podcast episode on whether you guys think that we are right or wrong we'll have another episode coming out on sunday possibly monday uh it's still up in the air but make sure you guys stay tuned and as always peace out guys peace